Hi, everybody. You're listening to Coffee Talk at the Castle with your host, Alyssa. Hi, you guys, and welcome to episode 22 of Coffee Talk at the Castle. I'm your host, Alyssa, and we are going to be diving into the 50th anniversary celebration over at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. I am so excited to be bringing this episode to you guys today, but I do have to tell you that I am recording in a closet over in Hawaii doing my own vacation right now. So not only are we going to do a cute little short celebration episode, but I also am very sorry if there is any extra sound in the background because, again, I am in a hotel over in Hawaii, so (laughs) I can't quite control the sound above me or below me, but I am in a closet trying to get as much quiet as possible. So now that we got that out of the way, I am so excited to be talking about the 50th anniversary celebration, which will be going on for 18 whole months over in Walt Disney World, and specifically Magic Kingdom, because Magic Kingdom was the first park that opened on October 1st, 1971, which if you're listening on launch day for Coffee Talk at the Castle, is exactly 50 years ago. So October 1st, 2021 is when we're launching this episode, and it's the 50th anniversary celebration starts then. Now, as we know, they have already put up some decorations. Spooky season was already started over in August, but they have switched out a few of the things to pay homage to the 50th anniversary, even though it is fall and all the fall decorations over on Main Street. So, There used to be just your standard Mickey pumpkin wreath on all the light posts, and that has changed to have like this 50th anniversary emblem with the still fall wreath. So I just think it's really interesting how they had original decorations up and then switched it over halfway through. Now, whether or not that'll happen for Christmas or if it'll all stay just Christmas slash 50th anniversary will be interesting, but I'm betting that because the way that the 50th anniversary fell, which was right in between spooky season, they just decided, okay, I guess we'll kind of meet in the middle and halfway through we'll change it to 50th anniversary. So on that note, I also wanted to talk about the merch that has already been released and oh my gosh, a lot of it is super cute, super sparkly. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less for Disney and of course 50th anniversary. This is a pretty huge deal and a lot of the merch has already been sold out. Like I said over on my last episodes, it's not necessarily selling out, out, out. It's like selling out for the day because you have a lot of these people that are buying it in bulk and then selling it online. Even though a lot of the signs, I think there's, when we were there for the Halloween merch, they had like signs, please limit two per person or three per person. But it seems like some people I have seen on TikTok and Instagram of video of other people shopping and they're clearly not abiding to that rule. So I don't know if they are enforcing it over at checkout or if these people are just going in and out buying in three as they do it, whatever it is, they're getting away with it right now. So it'll be interesting to see if Disney does anything in the future because this does keep on having an issue. And I feel like it's just getting worse and worse as the celebrations go. And I think COVID really upped it because so many people couldn't get to the park or the parks weren't open and you could only get things at like downtown Disney or over in Disney World, which of course some people couldn't even fly or didn't feel safe to flying. So just the online shoppers really got the best of us. And I really do, um, I I give you a little 
pat on the shoulder for those of you online shoppers that are doing it for the good of other people and not charging a ridiculous charge except for just shipping. I, I think that's great and it's really nice for those people who can't go to the parks, but other than that, I really hope Shop Disney does better with kind of getting more things that are on Shop Disney that aren't just in-park exclusives. Because if it's in-park exclusive, that's where the issue comes in with these online shoppers who are in Disney World or in Disneyland who are grabbing all these cool mer merch pieces and then just selling them online. And us visiting the park, we can't even get a hold of them because... <laughs> We were in 30 to 30 minutes to an hour there later and they're already sold out. Wow, that was a long rant about merchandise. <laughs> so on that, let's go ahead and talk about opening day rides. Now, the rides I'm going to list off to you, I'm sorry if I skip a few. I'm trying to get most of them. But some of these rides, I'm just going to tell you right now before I have anybody kind of grill me. Some of these rides weren't necessarily open on October 1st. Like, for example, we have Peter Pan's, with Peter Pan's Flight, sorry. That was opened on October 3rd, so two days after opening. And then uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was actually opened October 14th of 71. So all these rides are mostly opening day rides, if not very short after. So I am going to go through a list of all these, so bear with me, and I'll try to share some cool tidbits on some of them that stand out. But here we go. So first, I want to start off with Country Bear Jamboree, which if you've listened to my past, um, I have one on um, rides that inspired movies for an episode. Country Bear Jamboree actually started over in Magic Kingdom, and then they brought it over to Disneyland because it did so well. In fact, it did so well that they built two theaters over in Disneyland, expecting it to have the same amount of popularity, which it didn't if you listened to the past episode, or if you didn't want to, that's fine. But um, it's still a hit, still in Magic Kingdom, which really is a surprise to me, but it is one of those things that I grew up as a child, so it is nostalgic for me, and it will be a sad day when they do tear it down, but I hope they turn it into a show that pays homage to it, but it's maybe um, a little bit more politically correct, if I should say. Um, another opening day ride was Dumbo. We also had the Frontier Shooting Arcade, Hall of Presidents, of course, Haunted Mansion, It's a Small World, we have the Skyway, David Crockett's Canoes, we have um, the Small Little Boats, uh, Jungle Cruise, Mad Tea Party, Peter Pan's Flight, Prince Charming's Regal Carousel, which this has a really interesting tidbit. So the carousel is actually from 1917, built by Philadelphia Toboggan Company, and purchased by Disney in 1967. However, it was originally built for the Belle Isle Park over in Detroit and then moved to New Jersey in 1929, which then it went over to Walt Disney World or Magic Kingdom on opening day in 1971. So that's a cool little tidbit. And so it is well over 100 years old now, actually 104 if you're really counting. <laughs> and it's still going strong. I know there's been many updates to it, not only just mechanical, but painting, just to keep it nice and pretty. And of course, Disney does so well with most of their upgrades and Anything that they have to kind of remodel, they do really good at making sure that the original stays true as much as possible. Another original, original day ride was Snow White. 
This was very interesting for me. So if you rode Snow White's over in Disney World pre-1994, if you noticed, you never saw Snow White. You actually did the whole ride as Snow White. You were supposed to be the main character, Snow White, in the adventure. So it never showed you because you were Snow White. So it actually only had a brief little section that showed the dwarves too. The the old hag or the witch or this evil stepmother, step queen, all, you know, all those things wrapped in one showed herself many times, but you yourself was never shown because that would ruin the point of view of the ride. So, of course, we now know that Snow White did appear in Magic Kingdom Snow White Scary Adventure. However, Snow White is closed over in Magic Kingdom, but you can still find it today over in Disneyland because they did do the major remodel that just was opened this year, I believe. Another ride was, um, well, I would say a ride slash attraction or slash workout was the Swiss Family Treehouse. Always a great one. Of course, was in Disneyland as well. Another was the Tomorrowland Speedway, which we know as Autopia over in Tomorrowland. The Railway, which is the iconic, um, wow, the iconic <laughs> um, train station, which wrapped 1.5 miles around the park at that point. Another ride was the Tiki Room, which was originally called the Tropical Serenade up until 19 1997, which then changed into the Enchanted Tiki Room, which then again changed to Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room because, as you know, ride sponsorships did play a role in this. And um, I've talked a little bit about sponsors in my last week's episode. But yeah, it has a lot to do with a lot of the history. So yes, Tiki Room is just how we call it and how I know and love it. I I knew Tropical Serenade just because uh, history with the Polynesian Hotel. However, I always called it the Tiki Room, of course. Another ride, which some people don't necessarily call a ride, was the Main Street Vehicles. So you had the omnibus, the fire engines, and of course the horseless carriage at that opening day. And there was just a lot of fun things going around us too, because you not only had these great attractions or rides, you also had the Dapper Dans that were there, you had Fantasy in the Sky fireworks, as well as afternoon and evening parades going on in the park. So a lot of action, a lot of activities, definitely a great start for opening day and really a great start for, of course, what we know is 50 years of incredible magic. So there's a few other little things that I wanted to include in this short little episode which one of the most special things about Magic Kingdom in um, my view is the Liberty Square exclusive spot. Now, Walt Disney originally wanted that in Disneyland, but finances, of course, put a dapper on that. So it was a nice way to pay homage by Roy, including that into the plans of Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. And it really is a great area. You have the Hall of Presidents there. You have Haunted Mansion there. You have Liberty Tree Tavern that's there. So delicious. And of course, you have the riverboat that's parked right there too. I'm just going to have to talk a little bit about the Liberty Tree Tavern because it is one of my favorite restaurants. And I know some people are like, oh, it's just an all-you-can-eat American food. Okay, but it's cozy, delicious American food. And I will say I'm a little bummed about the price increase that happened after COVID. It's a little bit more pricier than it used to be. And frankly, what I 
do think it's worth. However, it's great family style food, all you can eat, always cozy. They are great with allergies in that restaurant. I can always find something for me and I'm gluten free. And then my daughter who has a severe peanut allergy. So it really is not only a nostalgic restaurant for me because I grew up going there whenever we would visit Magic Kingdom, but also it's one of those restaurants that I feel safe in and that delivers great food. And if you're there on a cozy night over in Christmas time, what better than to fill your bellies and come right out to see a holiday spectacular or all the twinkling lights going around, enjoying a warm cup of cocoa. I mean, it really is just... it. It's special. It's a special time, special area, especially with the Christmas store that's right next door to Liberty Tree Tavern over in the Liberty Square. So that's just a special little spot over in Magic Kingdom that we don't get to share over in Disneyland. Another little thing that I had to talk about. Now, the thing itself is not so little, and that's the, of course, Cinderella's Castle, which was modeled after the 1950s movie Cinderella. And it is spectacular and it is huge. It is 189 feet tall. So beautiful. It's gone through many different facelifts for multiple birthdays, holidays, just different painting schemes. It's changed over the years so many times. Really though, it is beautiful and it is iconic for sure. To see that as soon as you walk down Main Street, it is a showstopper and a draw dropper. It is so beautiful and just majestic. And the way everything lines up to it, just like in Disneyland, I mean, they have this to a T. It is beautiful. Now, on this note, I am just going to wrap it up on all these fun little moments that I shared with you for opening day of 1971 over in Magic Kingdom. Again, there are so many months of this celebration. It's really exciting to be able to know that there's 18 months packed of this celebration, which some people are like, oh, that's so much. Just like this food and wine festival because they're going to overlap. And this celebration is going to overlap with so many more festivals. But that's kind of cool, right? I mean, not only will... Well, my next trip is in December, so I'll be there for the 50th anniversary celebration, but also the festival of the holidays. So I'm so excited to be able to kill two birds with one stone to have Epcot filled with the festivals of the holidays, as well as not just the Christmas magic, but the 50th anniversary magic over in Magic Kingdom. And then, of course, all the Christmas magic and holiday spectacular over in Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. Who doesn't love a retro holiday park? I love Hollywood, how they do all the decorations there. Again, I've said that's my least favorite park. However, it is beautifully decorated during the holiday season. But anyways, like I said, 18 months. So if you haven't planned a trip now, I definitely recommend you planning a trip. And if I'm hoping all this COVID stuff dies down before the end of these 18 months. Otherwise, this is going to be a long 18 months. But without getting into that too much, just really think about maybe planning a trip to, if now's the time, if you haven't visited Walt Disney World or if it's been a while since you visited, really now is the time. With all the merch, with all the food, with all the extra festivities that are going on, it really just packs a punch and you really do get 
a lot for your dollar, as well as just the ambiance that you're there and just the selection that's available to you. So of course, try to line it up when it's an overlap of another holiday festival or the food and wine or the um, arts festival or the flower festival. I mean, any of the four festivals, most likely you're going to overlap with the 50th anniversary, especially as we know, they're drawing the festivals out, like making them longer. So I really doubt there's going to be that much time of windows in between each festival. They're going to flip these over relatively fast because like I said in past episodes, I think the mindset is to make these longer to A, make more money, but B, be able to spread it out for the COVID limitations that they have right now, as well as everybody else, just making them feel safer while visiting the parks. So on that note, book your trip, enjoy this celebration. It's huge. So happy we're here. I can't wait for the next 50 years of Magic Kingdom, as well as Walt Disney World. And yeah, I hope you have a great day and thanks for tuning in. Bye.